welcome to another episode of ASX Market Goss. For no more than 30 minutes, I'm going to dig a little deeper with ASX listed small cap companies, their focus, the future, the highs and lows and what's next. And the part of the conversation is to get to know our guests at a personal level, their experiences, their mentors, slips and slides, even down to their coffee of choice and life away from the share price and investment decision making. And as you can probably hear, we're doing a bit of an out and about recording of today's episode. We're at the Southwest Connect, the ASX showcase at the Abbey Beach Resort in Bustleton. And our guest is Oliver Kitty, Managing Director of Legend Mining Limited, ASX code LEG. Oliver, welcome. Bit of a star amongst everyone here. It's a very busy day so far and very noisy, but you've just come out of your presentation. Yeah, thanks for having us, Tim. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. I think the the beat so far is, is, is upbeat, given, you know, we're in a part of the cycle which is not exactly outstanding for commodity prices uh, specifically nickel which we're in at legend but you know the mood here is is good so tell us a bit about the i didn't see the presentation but uh, you've come out fairly upbeat and you're fairly confident and it'll be determined by the share price either skyrocketing or capitulating 100 percent. what was your vibe uh look i think good uh Always get excited about chatting about rocks and, you know, nice rocks and especially rocks that have got sulphide in them. Obviously, you know, we're a purely nickel exploration uh, focused uh, presentation. The, you know, I think the takeaways from it are that we're applying some really, you know, cutting edge science in the Fraser Range. The Fraser Range where we are, you know, it's made famous because of the Nova discovery in 2012 and off the back of that, you know, there's been a couple of discoveries since, but not the next Nova. But that's not to say that it's not out there. You just need to apply the right science, and that's that's what we're about. So when you're at a conference like this and or a, uh, a showcase like this, what's your intention? What are you trying to tell your viewership or, you know, those who are watching your presentation? More often than not, they're your counterparts. They might even be your opposition if there is such a thing in this game. What are you trying to present you're trying to present your story uh, with a personal flavour on it, akin to what we're doing here, Tim. It's 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 an opportunity to get one-on-one with investors, uh, talk a little bit more behind the detail on a single slide. You can't often glean too much detail from a single slide in a presentation or an ASX announcement where they might be slightly confused about some technical terms. So I can actually give them some better flavour on what that actually means. So, and you talk to competitors, look, obviously they're competitors in terms of the shareholder dollar, but a lot of times at these conferences, it's a great opportunity to bounce off other technical guys and, and just get a feel around, oh, we've seen this in the drilling. Oh, we saw this here. That's really interesting. I've seen something similar. And, you know, from a corporate side of things, because things are always evolving corporately from, you know, commodity prices to to numerous things. So it's, it's an ability just to keep your finger on the pulse with what's happening in the, in the market in general. So when you go from presenter to viewer and in the audience, are you taking a different view? Are you trying to absorb the information from the other presenters? Absolutely. Or Yeah. And, and, and what do you, what are your takeaways from the ones that you see? And, the, and do you go to specifics? Are you chasing a specific angle, a specific line? Yeah, look, it just depends on the presentation. Uh, look, name two that went this morning, uh, Tony Brennan from Canacourt gave a macro overview. So all things from commodity prices to bond yields. He gleaned from that a few things which are pertinent to our story at Legends. So, you know, we're talking about a suppressed nickel price at the moment, uh, but and a suppressed share price accordingly. And you're talking about, you know, 
inflationary environment whereby you know the mums and dads investors are you know probably not putting their money into into speculative expiration stocks but this is very much the time to to invest inside of things and that side of things and and then another example brendan bradley at um at debex you know um the uranium exposure so uranium has been down so you know in the doldrums it's, it's not really um you know politically uh, you can't put it up in, in big lights but since fukushima obviously it, it copped a bit of a um a bad rap uh but I think it's a critical component to this transition to a green future. So uh, you're not going to do it completely with solar panels and wind farms. Oliver Kitty is our guest, a geologist of more than 20 years experienced and uh, managing director of Legend Mining Limited, ASX code LEG. We're going to talk more about uh, Legend and, and what's t- taking place at the moment because today is October 18. It was only yesterday the quarterly report came out. I'd like to glean some information from you in regards to your investors and shareholders there. But I want to get to know you a little bit more. Um, Growing up, and I know you love talking about rocks, and every time I speak to someone in this sort of seat, they love, you know, they've got that geologist background. Is that what you wanted to be growing up? I always had a bent for it. I liked it. I liked the engineering side of things. I always liked geology. Studied geology at school, so I was offered, I went to Scotch College, so uh, as a boarder, I uh, was offered the opportunity to do geology there, which I, I thought was was fascinating. Uh, I think uh, if I didn't grow, I would have liked to have been a jockey. I don't know how good I would have been, but uh, I grew, and th- therefore that came out of the equation. But look, my family uh, wheat and sheep farmers from the Great Southern, so I come off a farm. Uh, Whereabouts exactly? Uh if you know Katanning, so we're east of Katanning, so Badgerbup, so a little plug here for Maddie Greentree and Osgold. Uh, so we're south of the Badgerbup gold mine, uh, east of, uh, west of Nibing, uh, north of Nyangarup. So right in the heartland there of wheat and sheep country. And you talked about being small in stature. Well, you're not tiny, you're not huge, you're not like myself. No. 200 centimetres and 112 kilos, uh, you'd be what in centimetres? Uh, 180, yeah. And weight? Uh, walk around at 75. So, with a bit of help, did you really want to be a jockey? Uh, always loved... Because you love the racing industry. I love the love racing horses. side of things. Uh, always loved it. Look, got the bug from my father, my grandfather. Uh, I don't think my parents would ever have let me seriously consider it. Uh, what, for the fear factor and the danger? Because well, there's, I, I, there's not too many poor... Good jockeys going around, let me tell you right now. <laughs> no, no. But you, you, you see the tall ones that do go around, and you know, the, you know, the most recent of which, uh, probably Mitch Pateman's, probably a good example. You know, he did a really tough he did. around. Uh, look, at the most recent one, Jared Noski's come back. And yeah. Absolutely tip my hat to Jared. Look at you go. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a fair effort to walk around, um, you know, probably eating twice a week. So you own horses? Do own a few, yeah. With who? Who, who trains your horses? Uh, the main, David Harrison. Oh, yeah. Uh, Harrow's a dangerous man to be um, Any man to. that can get away with wearing a pork pie hat in 2023, his little, uh, little FBI oh, hat David, that he wears. That's David. He loves it. He does. He goes everywhere with it. doesn't matter Absolutely. if he's got shorts or a suit. I don't think of, you really see him in a suit. I tell you, if, you, if Dave Harrison rolls up in a suit, uh, get on because he means business. <laughs> Very true. So you've got a couple of horses. And, and when you talked about it being sort of your father and your grandfather being involved, 
did they train in their day or just own or just have horses on property? What was that all about? Yeah, so Dad was the one that really got uh, Grandad into it. Um, bought a bought a mare and and put it to um, a good stallion at the time called Muros. Uh, nice. And produced first cup winner Muros. Correct. And Brisbane, I believe. Yes. Uh, put it to uh, the mare that he bought and and. Produced a foal that went on to be called Muro Moon. Uh, so Johnny Askevold had that, and you know she won best part of three hundred thousand plus back in the eighties, which is a lot of money back Askevold, there. Askevold, Albany base, were they? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's nice. um, still got the connection down there. Dad's got a, a couple of farms down there and runs some cows, and he sort of spells my um, my uh, racing investments down there. And you know we we work in with with Paul Hunter, so another good trainer down there. So I do a lot with Paul. Um, yeah, He's more of a boutique man now, Paul, isn't he? He was um, he was much bigger. Uh, he and used to clash hard with Wolfie and that's right, and the yeah. crew down there. And then he sort of like came back a yard with his numbers and stuff. But you know, even where Paul Hunter sort of saddles one up, even in town or at Pinjarra or stuff, very shrewd. Paul you Hunter. always take notice. Yeah, look, very very good horseman, Paul. Uh, he's obviously got a a very good one at the moment that you know Mitch. Mitch Pateman's um, training, but I know Paul did a lot of the early work with Feels Playful. Um, good horse. So, nice. no, he's, look, I think like most of these old horsemen, you never, they never lose it. Uh, they're just one good horse away all the time. Well, you're with some good people there. We're speaking to Oliver Kitty, of course, and we're talking uh, about, well, a bit more about him. He's the managing director of Legend ASX Code LEG. In our ASX market, Goss, we, we dumb it down, we get a blank canvas, and we ask some very simple questions. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, when you go into work mode? You've taken care of life away from you, and you go into work mode. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Check markets, check emails. You're a market watcher. Very much so. It's... Uh... It's nice to have a handle on not only from the business side of things, from the legend side of things, but from your investment portfolio side of things, what's happening on a micro level, what's happening on a macro level. Uh, I think you just need to keep your finger on the pulse there. So that goes from everything about geopolitical events to, to current commodity prices. So when you're looking at your own share price at, uh, at legend, does that set the tone for the rest of your day? Do you, when, you're, when you're having a cup of tea or have a coffee or you're just taking five... You go into ASX and have a quick boat peep every now and then just to see an update and see if you've found out something you didn't know about? You always look at the share price because you it, it's either one of two ways. It goes up and you're happy about it or it goes down and you grind your teeth, right? Uh, you're looking for what's sort of driving that and are you getting the messaging out correctly? And, and sometimes it's completely outside of your con control, Tim. There's, you know, an event happens somewhere in Europe and that results in a liquidity you know, events in, in Australia and you see some selling and, and you never begrudge anybody, share, a single shareholder for, for selling their shares. Every single person's circumstances are, are individual. So I never begrudge anybody for, for selling a share, um, but I'd like to think that they follow the messaging that we, we try to get across at Legend, which is we play the long game. Uh, you take Nova, for example, we're, we're, we're exploring in the, in the mineral field where, where Nova was discovered, um, you know, it took 18 months to drill it out. Uh, so from that discovery drill hole to defining a resource is, is a long period. And uh, the average investor 
sort of sits back when you, when you tell them that, not realising it's such a long journey, given that 18 months you can see the ups and downs of commodity prices, but it's very much uh, the long game. And I think nickel, you can be sort of comforted for the fact that it's not just a stainless steel market requirement for nickel anymore. It's diversified into these EVs and required component of, of batteries. And it's one of the two dominant battery chemistries at the moment, the 811 and the, and the LFP battery. And nickel's a critical component to that. So at some point, we are going to require more nickel. More nickel requires more exploration and more discoveries. So um, that's where we are right at the coalface, trying to make these nickel discoveries. So today is the 18th of October. More on you in a moment, but today is the 18th day of October. Yesterday, as I mentioned, you put out your quarterly report. What was the tone of the quarterly report to your to your investors and shareholders? Pretty much a summary of the exploration work that we've completed for the quarter. So we, we finished up the drilling at this octagonal prospect, which we have been drilling. So we've completed four holes there. Look, as I touched on in the presentation this morning, we're, we're highly encouraged from what we've seen from the four holes to date. We're talking about four holes, Tim, into in an, an intrusion that's 4Ks by 2Ks by at least 1.2Ks deep. So very, very small zone of interrogation, but we're seeing all the right signs. In addition to that, uh, we've got a cash an outdated cash position. So we've got $12.9 million as it stands at the uh, 30 September, which is a good healthy position. Healthy, yeah. Uh, you know, I wouldn't like to be going back to the market in the current market, rattling the tin. So uh, I think the overall tone is a summary of the work that we've, we've completed during the quarter. We've obviously got work ongoing, very much the duck on the water that I talk to. People say, gee whiz, they're not doing much, but you drill four holes. The amount of data that comes in from those four holes is immense. And we've still got data coming in. So we're tuning through that and looking for the next targets, specifically at Octagonal. Uh, yeah, it's a very much watch this space. So when you put out a quarterly report uh, with uh, Legend, do you like to get feedback and do you get much feedback from your investors straight away? Do they ask questions, email back, go direct to you as the, as the boss and say, what about this? Uh, should I do this? Or do you see a reaction on the share market after the quarterly report goes out? Yes and no, just depending on where you are in the cycle too. Uh, most investors that we speak to look at the cash position. They're always trying to forecast the next potential raise. And from the current quarterly, you can see that we're we're not looking to rattle the tin anytime soon. So a lot of investors take comfort in that, that they're not going to get diluted or have to dip into their own pocket if um, they don't want to be diluted. We're currently doing our ASX market goss at the ASX showcase at Abbey Beach Resort in Bustle in the Southwest Connector. We're amongst a, a lot of ASX small cap companies. It is a, a range of presenters, people just eyeing off the opposition. There's a lot of network being done. And our guest is Oliver Kitty, Managing Director of Legend ASX Code LEG. If you were to walk into a room and there is a blank wall and I gave you a black marker pen, what would you write down as your your motto, your work ethic? What, what's the one motto that you would work in personally, not the company, you yourself? Question everything. I was taught that very early. I had some really good mentors in my early career, uh, namely Peter Alexander, Tony Pusty uh, at Dominion Mining. And Dominion's one of those pseudo WMC style companies where they seem to develop these young geos and young professionals uh, really, really well through core technical skills. And 
Peter Alexander famously said to me one day, look, don't believe it just because it's written down. Um, so question everything. And I think that's the, the, the motto that I, I take pretty much every day to work. You know, we're, we're in, a, in a terrain here in the Fraser Range, undercover dominantly. Explorers have come and gone. Um, you know, a few notable people without mentioning names have said no nickel out there. And this was pre-discovery of Nova, which is, you know, world-class ore body. So why do you persist there if others don't? If others, you know, are you just because, I don't know, you've just got that racing background like all of us here. You've just got that little bit of a pump where you think the next big winner's just around the corner. Are you, are you, are you drilling blind or are you confident? Absolutely not. But... The, the racing analogy is a good one, and I've talked to this previously, Tim. I have a real fundamental issue with geologists in exploration, Greenfield's exploration, that don't enjoy a punt. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's a punt, but it's a calculated punt. And, and my presentation today was very much about that. We're science-driven explorers. We're deploying some cutting edge science with the view to unlock what I call these haystacks. It's one thing just to find the haystack in the Fraser Range and then you've got to go find the needle. It's a big effort just to find the haystack. And we've we found two of them being Mawson and, and Octagonal. Now it's about delineating the needle. But to, to your point, do you drill by, blindly? No. We, we deployed 3D seismic, which is obviously revolutionised the oil and gas space. We've deployed that in the hard rock space looking for nickel. And what we did at Octagonal, we did a, a 24 square kilometre 3D survey, which is one of the largest surveys that we understand in the hard rock space, with a view not to identify the needle, but give us the architecture around what this intrusion looks like at depth, because it's not your standard schematic, oh, it's a bowl, or, or it's a tube. It's, it's never like that in the geological real world. Given that information from the architecture, it allows us to pinpoint where we want to put these holes at depth because at the end of the day, it's not cheap to drill holes plus six, eight, a thousand metres. It's, you need to be calculated about where you put these holes because, or else it's just burning shareholders' money. So we're very calculated about why we deploy our we're going to find out a little bit later where you get a get the short, the mid and the long term of legend, but also your chance to pitch to possible investors who are listening to this uh, podcast as we speak. We've got a little bit of spare change in the ashtray and are looking to invest. Coffee of choice when you're, you're a coffee drinker? I am a coffee drinker, one a day. One a day? Very, just set yourself one a day. Are you one of those ones that has to be early because if it's anything after, you're not a good sleeper? I... Th I th I think that's probably right. And Wait, what time do you have it? Uh, circa eight and nine o'clock. So it's late. What are you doing? Getting kids to school. Good and, point. Uh, you know, reading the market, replying to emails, getting things underway for but the you day. You can do that while you are sipping on a uh, geisha. So, as much as I'm a West Coast supporter, uh, it's a Fremantle derived coffee. Is that uh, right? So, Joe's Bakery in West Perth. Very good coffee, so hopefully uh, Joe gives us a free pie next time I'm down there. Tell us, a bit, well, we'll now. Tell us a bit about uh, away from all of this. What are your passions? We know racing clearly a passion. Uh, sport in general, I've got a feeling, is a big part of your everyday. Yeah, love love sport, Tim. Love love AFL. Uh, cricket. Uh, I'll wax and wane a little bit on, on cricket. It's uh, hard to love at times, aren't they, the Australian team? 
I think that's very, very accurate description, Tim. Uh, <laughs> I love them a lot more with JL in charge. Yeah, they uh, were all the same. Just, I can't, yeah, I can't love them as much with the, what's currently in charge. So I know what you're saying. Uh, what else? What, what do, are you, do you travel into music? Uh, when you talk about the kids, tell us a bit about whatever you want to share with our listeners and, and people who, who know the name, but just want to be attached to the name. Sure, the yeah. So you've got a couple of boys and, and they're, they're typical boys, but they're, unlike me, they're city raised. So I'm, I'm very much about getting out into the outdoors as much as you humanly can, especially with boys. You've got to, you've got to burn the energy off them, right? It's, uh, so, you know, it's everything from, from Auskick on the weekends to, you know, we spend a lot of time down the beach on the weekends. Um, very much outdoor activities, riding bikes. Um, and you find, as you know, anybody out there that's, that's got kids, they take up a lot of your time on, on, on the weekends. So I find that as a real good disconnect from the day to day. So I think it's really important to have that work-life balance. Well, that's my question. Do you think you've got that right? It's taken me a while, but yes. Yeah. I think that comes with natural maturity and I think in general males mature later than females. Uh, it's taken me maybe a little bit longer, but I've, I'm pretty sure I've got it right now, Tim. Well, what are some of the lessons on the way to not getting it right where you've had to sort of go, mm, I just need to backtrack. You have people tugging on your coat jacket to say, hey, you need to focus this direction or share the love a little bit more? Yeah, it's probably too much on the work side. So you, you, you take your work home with you. I think you've got to be very careful doing that. For those who want to know, it's not December 24 and Father Christmas is not just about to, <laughs> to rock up. I think it must be, a, must be close to lunch break. They're uh, herding cattle. <laughs> Come and get your lunch. For the, uh, for the next session. <laughs> um, just just that, that balance. Yes, tell us about that balance. Yeah, I think you've got, to, you've got to, if you're going to have a productive work environment, you've got to have a happy home life and vice versa. So you need to get that balance right. And it's not, it doesn't mean that you switch off completely from work when you come home. But um, I think a good example is Tim Goida. So, um, or sorry, Richard Goida. He, he, he had a rule when he was at West Farmers that it was family time between 5.30 and 7.30. People knew they could contact him, but he wouldn't reply. But that was family time. And then post 7.30, he'd switch back on again and back into work mode. But he dedicated that time. And that resonated with me. And, and that's sort of some... A component that I took took away. So between that time, I switch off, you know, cook the kids dinner, whatever it may be, switch back on because we need to get the quarterly done and out in the next couple of days. So I think once you can work that out, then you become a better person on both sides of the equation. Yeah, 100%. And uh, you just uh, get better results uh, on front and uh, at home, on the home front and on the work front. And interesting you say that because I mean, John Morsefold, when John Morsefold was coaching West Coast, Tuesday was his day off. Right. And it doesn't matter how close you were as a contact to him, how much of a friend you were, it was family. He never answered his phone, never responded to a message, never told us that he was having a day off. He just knew it was John Borsfold was not contactable on a Tuesday and they went on to coach a premiership. Uh, do you take in movies? You're a movie watcher, a TV watcher, a series watcher, a Netflix watcher, anything like that? You got time? I get this question now and again, and it's... Uh... I make the joke that the last movie I watched at the cinemas was The Gods Must Be Crazy. <laughs> hey, I'm not a movie watcher. I, I do not watch movies. I go to a cinema and I fall asleep. I did go and watch the, the latest Top Gun 
Uh, but was a big fan of the original Top Gun. But, you know, that's the last movie I went, went and watched. Series-wise, I, I watched Entourage many moons ago. I found it, you know, really quite interesting. But you, you find yourself with less and less time. Um, I think the races are on. Uh, the footy's on. I get you, mate. You just watch sport. I, mate, if it's, if it's hitting a ball or kicking a ball or taking a mark or having the, the, the whips are cracking and the top weight wins... That's that's TV watching. That's viewing. Hundred percent. I think you know, TV per se, it's not fixed bums on seats TV anymore. You've got it in the palm of your hand, so you can be out at the kids' sport. You can be just quieting down there, boys, for a minute. I've got one going around <laughs> in the third here. I love that. All righty, give us a, the the short, the mid, the long, whatever combination you want in regards to legend and, and where you're heading. And as I said, back on that on that quarterly. How it's looking out there, the Fraser Range. Just as an investor tuning into this podcast, just sell what's happening. Yeah, look, legend, dedicated nickel explorer. We're unique on this program here at Southwest Connect because we're the only pure nickel plate in terms of exploration. We've assembled nearly 3,000 square k's of what we believe is one of the most underexplored nickel belts in the world. It's the, the Fraser Range has produced uh, or delineated just under 400,000 tonne of contained nickel to date, including Nova. An equivalent worldwide is the Thompson Belt. They've, they've produced over 2.7 million tonnes of contained nickel. Same size belt, same age rocks. I think the dedicated, committed, systematic nature of legend and the exploration that we undertake will delineate further discoveries. And an example is, is the Mawson discovery Yes, it's not the, the next Nova in terms of size. It may end up being. Mm. But that is a genuine greenfields, drilling holes beneath cover, finding mineralisation and turning it into a resource in an area which has never had exploration completed before. The drilling completed to date suggests that we've got all the right ingredients for these style of deposits. It's about applying the science, like I said, to delineating these. I think... As a commodity, nickel's got a very bright future on, as I touched on at the start. It's a transition from not just stainless steel, but stainless steel to, to EV. So it's a critical component to the most stable battery, battery chemistry, the, the 811 battery. I think if you're looking for exposure to nickel with a low entry point, we're circa 2.4, 2.5 cents at the moment, you see... 90 cents in the dollar at legend go in the ground. Uh, very hard to beat from, a, from an exploration standpoint. And in summary to those listening who have got to know a little bit, um, a bit more about you, Oliver, over the last half hour, what they see is what they get. You're a pretty level, grounded type of guy. How hard do you work to make this company a success and to give them bang for their buck? Yeah, we're constantly working. It's It's... It's part of that punting nature. It's, I know what we're seeing in the rocks is all the right indicators. There has got to be more of this out there. And if we apply the right rigour, we'll find more of it. Well, the kitty, uh, legend mining, LEG is the ASX code. That's another episode of ASX Market Goss. We love your feedback. We'd love you to make a comment, like us, share us, tell your colleagues. 
And uh, if you've heard one, you want to go back and, and go back over the many that we've done our previous episodes, please do. You can get us on whatever platform you're listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, rss.com. As I mentioned, rate us, give us your feedback. So make sure you keep an ear and an eye out for our next episode. Until then, we'll keep digging to find out more guests to chat with with their ASX journey. And Oliver Kitty from Legend Mining, thanks for joining us down here in Bustleton. Thanks for the opportunity, Tim. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the securities laws of such jurisdiction.